Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, friends? Welcome into the DNVR Broncos podcast. I am joined by special guest Henry Chisholm. Hank, how you doing today, my friend? I'm doing good. Like I think yesterday I was not doing good after the end of the Stanley Cup. We're still uh, like building. Mm, I'm not. I'm not quite yeah. back to where I want yeah. to be. But yeah. yeah, I'm pretty good. Because from what I understand, you had a late night. And a very early morning after the cup. Yeah, we played this awesome golf course, me and Ryan did, like down by Colorado Springs. At least I think. I don't really know where it is. It seems like it was close to Colorado Springs. Somewhere we in, in Colorado. Colorado. By the Renaissance Fair. Okay, yep, yep, yep. That's on the way to okay. Colorado Springs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We drove past it, and I was like, I don't know if this is a, <laughs> a landmark that people typically know. But yeah, by the Renaissance Fair. It was really cool, but it was also really far and started really early. Is it a fair or is it a festival? I mean... I think in, like, the cartoon TV shows when I was growing up, like, they would always say, like, the Renaissance Fair. But, no, okay. it, maybe it is a festival. Kale, you, you got to help us out here. Fair or festival? Uh, Renaissance Festival. Hey, oh, festival. Okay. But you know what, Hank? We'll, we'll, we'll go with fair for today since uh, you're our special guest. Oh, I love that. I love that. <laughs> I didn't even think those were real until, like, a couple years ago. Um, Yeah, never been to one, but it is something, like, you see in, like, A Knight's Tale. Like, like exactly. the movies. And you're like, oh, okay. I'd be down. Yeah. Well, uh, I... I would have specific rules. Like I'm not mm. dressing up like over the top. Like I if think there was that's a, part of it. Exactly. It has to be like a, I, I would do the bare minimum. Like if I can just wear like some brown pants or a little too baggy, or like <laughs> a puffy shirt, kind of puffy shirt. You know, you'd eat the fried food that's there. Exactly. Right, I right, watch right. people joust. Yeah. I bet on the jousting. <laughs> you think that's coming to uh, Renaissance Fair soon? Betting on. Uh, on the activities they do. So my thing is, I don't buy that people back in the day weren't betting on them. Like I, oh, I think, of course. like in like four hundred ish, fourteen hundred ish. I don't know what time frame this no was idea all happening. Either. No None idea. at all. <laughs> None at all. Whenever those people were there, though, I'm sure they were betting, and that's why I think that those people who that has to be like hyper realistic or whatever. I think they'd right. be down. I think they probably be like betting food too and stuff. And, yeah, and, or like uh, pigs. Yeah, I was gonna say. Unfortunately, like maybe their kids or something. Like way back. I wonder. In, yeah. Way back in the yeah. day. Yeah. Um, of course, wow. never do that. No. But the thing is, would you even want more kids? It's a good point because things were probably pretty rough back They're then. They're probably yeah. tough to raise. Yeah, boy. I'm that's not a good sure. Point. Maybe yeah. you're trying to get rid of your kids. Maybe. Maybe loser takes the kids. Right. Yeah, like something where like you can win a pig or like lose a kid. Oh, my gosh. Take win a, a pig or lose a kid. How about that? And crazy yeah. enough, this is a Broncos podcast. Yes. Uh, but kind of off topic a little bit uh-huh. still. Happy birthday to John Elway. Turned 62 years wow. old today. He's... There we go. Little horn for John. 
He's been with the Broncos or around the Broncos for four decades. Isn't that wild? It is. It is. But, I mean, it's the way it should be. Mm-hmm. Like, you bring in John Elway. John Elway does what he does. You keep him around. Yep. Like, you, his life is being a Denver Bronco. And that's, that's awesome. We're and lucky to have him. And that's why I think it would be so cool if he could get a part of the ownership, a small percent, mm-hmm. or just stick around as an advisor. Because John right now, he still wants to be around the team. Henry, I couldn't believe at how many OTA practices John Elway was at. Being an outside consultant is what he is right yeah. now. He was at so many, if not every single practice. And that shocked me because I thought John was going to be doing what uh, Henry was doing yesterday. I thought he was going to be on the golf course every uh. single day out in California. But no, this this is what he loves. So he's not making day-to-day decisions. He, he He's there as a resource for George mm-hmm. Payton and more so as a resource for George Payton on how to operate. Not mm-hmm. even like, should I draft Pat Sertan at nine? No, that's all George Payton's decision now. I, I think it's so cool that John has won a championship as a player. Multiple has mm-hmm. won a championship as an executive. And how cool would it be if he is able to get his foot in the door as an owner wow. and win it as an owner as well? Because we know Joe Sackick has now caught up to him winning two that as a true. player and one as an executive. Wouldn't it be so cool to get the trifecta? I mean, obviously, he'd be the first person to do. Oh, Magic? Boy, did he. he like, was he a part owner? Uh, he's I, a part owner of the Dodgers. Okay. Oh, but they I won one. I think they won one during his time. Yes, they did. Did he get one as an executive? Uh, did they ever win when he was there? I think they won right after. Was he with. When did he have his really crazy, weird press conference where he announced yeah. his job? Was that before or after the COVID championship the Lakers got? It feels like a decade ago, so it must have been before. Okay, if it There's was like before, that then gap, I yeah. don't think he won one. Probably not. As the general manager of the Lakers. Yeah, I mean, if Elway wouldn't, if Elway isn't the first to do it, if it actually does happen, he would have to be one of like two or three. I can't imagine anybody else. I would think the only one. I would and, think and, so too. And, and, and I don't know this off the top of my head, but I got to imagine that Colorado is the only sports town market state to have two guys lead their team Definitely. as one of the best players of of, of their franchise mm-hmm. to to a championship and then also as a general manager because it's so rare that happens ever let alone twice <laughs> that's just another really cool wrinkle in this Avs playoff run is that it's Joe Sackick leading the of team of course it is again like as as much as it's important that he's there to like make decisions and make the trades they made that helped him win the cup like, you got to set the culture. And that's one thing that John Elway can absolutely do because he knows the culture better than anyone alive. I think that's fair. Like, you can make a case for, like, Mike Shanahan, but he, I mean, he wasn't there nearly that long. Right. No, no. Like, it'd have Broncos to be Elway. culture. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it makes sense. I mean, if you spend 40 years there, I get that, like, yeah, you want to spend your day on the golf course, but golfing takes, what, four hours? Four and a half <laughs> yeah. hours? And he's got a couple of, uh, Good memberships to some golf courses he here does. as well. So he doesn't need to go far. Play play twice. There's nine hours there. Spend two hours at a football practice. There's yep. your day. That's yep. a pretty good day if you're John Elway. Yeah, it's an incredible day. Maybe that's what his day is today, although he won't get to be able to watch mm. Broncos. But I bet he's going out on the golf course. Cherry Hills. I would imagine. They've probably got a reservation for him. I, I would imagine. Probably early morning, though. It's going to be hot today. I mean, if he's 62, he's playing in the early morning. <laughs> yes, you're right. <laughs> he's, he's waking up early. Maybe even getting a little early bird special. <laughs> he's not quite well at some places he's a senior age right now i don't think he needs to 
I don't think he's worried about like the difference between twelve dollars and nine dollars. I don't think so, and I don't think the courses he's playing at are nine dollars or twelve dollars. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think so either. But you're right. I don't think John Elway cares about getting that early bird special. But speaking of John Elway, Henry, we would be having this conversation three years ago mm-hmm. about who is John Elway going to trade. Now it's no longer John Elway making those calls. It's George Payton making those calls on who the Broncos should trade, who sh- who they should acquire. And for the first time, maybe it happened a little bit last year, but really Mm -hmm. for the first time in a long time, the Broncos are in a position where they may have too many good players. And that's a great problem to have. So Mm -hmm. what happens when when, when cut day comes and you have 60 players that should make a team, but you only have 53 spots? Well, you can do one of three things. Cut seven guys and then hope. And then this is the second thing, hope that you can re-sign them to the practice squad. Mm-hmm. Or you can look to trade those guys and get some assets back for them. Look, we, we saw it last year. Uh, who's the receiver? Slip in my head. Uh, who the oh, Broncos traded. The one who was basically Kendall Hinton. Um, yes, yes, yes. The, <laughs> not a quarterback. Board number 12. Yes. Oh, my oh, gosh. He's slipping my head. This Caleb, is bad. Help. Okay. Oh, well, well, wow. This, this is, is this terrible. Is a comment section. Help us out here, please. Uh, let us know who that is because it's slipping our heads right now. Um, but they, they flipped him. He was probably going to be cut. So you flip him. Uh-huh. We're not talking about trading Bradley Chubb necessarily for a first-round pick. We're, ta- we're t- more so thinking about trading back of the roster guys. So, Henry, how many guys are there? Trinity Benson. Trinity Benson. Uh-huh. There we go. And Jules coming in clutch for us. Thank you, Trinity Benson. Got a fifth and seventh rounder from the Lions, of course. And then, man. Fifth and seventh. Fifth and seventh. From the Lions. And then Trinity Benson, what he did last year, he did like nothing for them. Mm-hmm. So the Broncos did a fantastic job with that. And here we go. People rolling in the comments there section. Thank you, Bomber. Thank you, Shiloh. We really appreciate you guys rolling with us. And speaking of that, Hit us with a thumbs up if you're mm-hmm. tuning in with us on YouTube. We'd really appreciate it. The comment section isn't blowing up as much because Hank's here. Mm-hmm. He's not chiming in on the comment section. Exactly. So uh, we, we miss you in the comment section, Hank. But let's uh, l- l- if you have any questions for Hank, we'd love to drop them in the comment section. Hit us with a thumbs up. We really appreciate you guys. Oh, yeah. It is tough, though, Like when you look through this roster. Because, th- I mean, every year there's difficult decisions. This year in particular, it feels like... There's a few spots where you just know there's a bunch coming. Wide receiver being one of them again. When you have four guys locked in, you have Montreal Washington, who might also be in that locked-in category, yeah. and you have some other good players. Like the edge rushers, you've got six guys who should be on the should be in the rotation. Yep. Six guys who should be in the rotation. Yep. I mean, there, there's a bunch of different places on this team where you can look around and just say, like, yeah, there's there has to be a trade there. Like, there's no way you're just cutting somebody out of that group, and there's no way you're keeping all of them. I completely agree with both of those positions, and I think this is exactly where you start, Hank. You look at the Mm -hmm. positions that are super deep, and you say, okay, how many players does a team typically keep at this position? How many can the Broncos stretch it out to in Mm -hmm. order to keep? And then you kind of balance it against positions that are kind of weaker, and you say, okay, well, maybe they can keep one less player at this position and allows them to keep one more at this other position – but how far can you do that? And let's start with outside linebacker because I think that's a great one. Typically, yeah. a team that runs a 3-4 that the Broncos do, typically you keep four outside linebackers. Mm-hmm. Broncos have six outside six linebackers. Six good ones. Six, exactly. Six guys that should legitimately see the field every yep. single Sunday in the NFL. It's going to be really tough 
to do to get six guys on the field and have an impact <laughs> week in and week out. So I think here is the position that you look at. You look at inside linebacker and you say, can you get away with three at inside linebacker? Because typically you have four. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think you can, especially mm-hmm. with Baron Browning's flexibility, his it, the what he showed being able to play inside linebacker. If he, in the middle of a game, has to switch over to inside, you feel comfortable with that. So you say, okay. We can do five at outside linebacker, three at inside linebacker, but then Especially you're still with Baron Browning. Exactly, yep. but but then you're still having to cut one guy at outside linebacker. You're probably not going down to just two inside linebackers. <laughs> no. So now, is it worth it to pull from the secondary in order to keep another outside linebacker? Is it worth it to pull a big boy from the defensive line uh, to to keep another outside linebacker? That's when it gets tough and. Henry, that's why when I look at the outside linebacker position, I think, okay, I think they keep five, and they're not just going to cut a Malik Reed. You got to trade them. I think Malik Reed is where the conversation starts. I I think if you're going through a team and just saying who's the most likely to get moved, I I had Malik Reed number two on my list Mm -hmm. uh, just because – Of all positions. Every position. Love it. Yep, and that's because – he expires after the season. Hey, his contract expires. <laughs> Let's hope he doesn't <laughs> like his expire. Malik, expires. We, we like you. We, we do really like him. He's good. <laughs> He's and actually a great guy. The nine-sack season, Yeah, that's so valuable. And you can't cut that guy. You also look at that position and say, okay, well, you have Bradley Chubb and you have Randy Gregory. There's two starters. You want to get Baron Browning on the field. Like, you want to get Nick Benito on the field. You definitely want to get Nick Benito on the field. And so, are you are you willing to have Malik Reed eat into those snaps? Probably not, especially because again he expires after this his contract expires <laughs> after the season, and he will probably make like what seven million dollars minimum. I mean, it's tough because he's so far removed from that nine sack season. So that is what is a great question, and I would personally think that Malik Reed would get that for sure. Yep. However, I also thought it was crazy that the Broncos just put uh, 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 an original round tender on him this mm-hmm. offseason. I thought, what true. are you guys doing? He's going to go sign somewhere for $5 million, and you're going to be missing out on a great depth piece. And this was before yeah. the Broncos made it official that they were moving Bar- Baron Browning to outside linebacker. This was before they drafted Nick Benito. So I'm going, he's your your first or second backup at outside linebacker. What are you doing now? Yep. it make a little more sense, but my point is – Malik Reed did not get any contracts that were worth mm-hmm. him signing, and he's just making under $2 million this year for the Broncos. And if a team would have signed him, they wouldn't have had to give up anything for him. So yeah. to me, I was totally I wrong on what his market was. I guess teams don't view his production. Mm-hmm. Teams are still just stuck on, well, he's an undersized guy. Come on, let's get past <laughs> that. But you know what? It, it doesn't matter because teams aren't getting past that. It's true. So – I agree with you. I think he would have been a six to eight million dollar yeah. pass rusher, but the market this year just didn't say that. Mm-hmm. And then Henry, I think you mentioned it. Is he really going to see the field all that much in order to get another nine sack season? I don't think so. Yeah. So his his value could actually be less than we think. Totally. I still think though. You know, Lions made the deal for deal for Trandy Benson. Yeah. Like they're. I'm absolutely sure they could use a third edge rusher like Malik Reed, yeah. and they could give up something similar. Maybe it's a sixth, maybe it's a fifth. Who knows? But but the reason he's so high on the list is because he's produced before. Yeah. He's a he's a safe option. He belongs on NFL roster. Somebody's going to be able to give something up, and I don't think the Broncos have much of a need for him at this point. Um, 
So we'll see. The other one outside linebacker that I think is interesting is Jonathan Cooper. Yeah, it's kind of a, a coin flip between mm-hmm. those two. I, I agree. And obviously with Jonathan Cooper, he's so young. You like you, you like the fact that he could still develop into being a really good player. Like I thought he looked good when he was on the field last year. But also, when you have Bradley Chubb going into the last year of his deal, like you still have some of this uncertainty around the position. What does this look like two, three years down the line? Somebody on that rookie contract for three more years it is nice to have around. And so maybe somebody looks at the tape and says, you know what, you guys, what, they drafted him in the seventh? Yeah. We can give you a, a sixth for him. Yep. And you just say, you know what, we take that deal. Even trade Malik Reed on top of that, and you're down to four already. You picked up some draft capital, which you need. Um, but those are the two there I, th- I feel like you got to be looking at. I, I, I completely agree. They value Baron Browning too much. Yep. Uh, and what we've seen so far and what his teammates mm-hmm. are saying, he has a bend uh, freaky Ben that reminds people of Von Miller, yep. which is just you, you don't trade that away. Nope. Especially Baron Browning hasn't proved it at outside exactly. linebacker in the NFL. So his value would be worse than what the Broncos would need yes. to trade him. The Broncos I, view him higher yep. than any other team right it, now. Exactly. And mm-hmm. I think that's where the Broncos can get value from Malik Reed or yep. Jonathan Cooper. Is Not that the Broncos don't value those guys, but they're the third string guys mm-hmm. as of right now. Whereas another team, Malik Reed could be a starter. Or he could be a first backup yep. on a team. He could be a pass rushing specialist, and that is worth a ton. Now, I don't think the Broncos are going to get a second, a third, a fourth, a fifth, mm-hmm. potentially a fifth, maybe a sixth. Definitely, I think that could happen with either of those guys. Yep. Kind of pick your poison, uh, and I think the Broncos will be more willing to move on from Malik Reed because I think they just see Jonathan Cooper as more of a complete player, uh, and so they would want to hold on to him uh but if they if the broncos are gonna cut malik reed you might as well get a sixth for him and trinity benson at about this point last year no one was gonna trade for no it was the training camp he had it was Mm -hmm. the the preseason he had and that is again malik reed can have a great preseason and and make himself worth a fifth or even a fourth uh so i think that's absolutely the guy to keep an eye on what scares me though about potentially trading both guys Randy Gregory hasn't stepped on the field yet. Yep. Bradley Chubb, love the talent, love yep. what I've seen so far from him this offseason. But Bradley Chubb, it's kind of crazy to say he's going to play in all 17 games. It sure year. is. He's only done it once in his career, and that was his rookie season. What happens? And I'm touching wood. What happens if, <laughs> if one or both of those guys is out and you traded your third string guys? <laughs> so now you're only down to two outside linebackers. I mean, first of all, that means – I mean, that, that's why – you aren't making this deal today. Right. Like that's why you're waiting until right up on that trade that's deadline. Get as close as you can. And who knows? Maybe maybe it's not just the cut deadline where they make the deal. Maybe you hold on to five of them. Sure. Go all the way up to the trade deadline. Move Malik Reed after he has a big game or something like that. We'll see. And you know you have Nick Benito. You'd think like if injuries are going to hit that position, those injuries are probably later in the year. Like it seems on. Un- yeah, probably more likely that they're missing snaps later. He's at least had some time to acclimate a little bit. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Andre Mincy. Like, right. Right. right, and he he's technically an outside linebacker, mm-hmm. but he's a special teams guy, to your point. Like, mm-hmm. you're not turning to him hoping that he can be a good backup. Exactly. And, and at this point, you know, it's – last year, if, if you go into the season and say, okay, we've got Randy Gregory, we've got – Bradley Chubb, which they didn't, but if they did, you'd be saying, you know what, these are two of our very best players, like our most talented players, yep. and if they get hurt, 
we aren't going to the playoffs. Like we need our we yep. need to be very healthy with our best players. Now you're looking at this team saying, even if you lose some of your best players, you still have uh, you should still make the the playoffs. And so you do need to have more of a contingency. And so that does factor in more now than it did in the past. But that's I mean that's a tough position. That's a position they put themselves in when you know they held on to Bradley Chubb and they signed a guy who's missed a lot of games. Yep, exactly. And they're taking a big gamble on mm-hmm. Randy Gregory. Uh, they're, they're gambling that he's going to do something he's never done, mm-hmm. and that's play a full season, play even a majority of a season. He's mm-hmm. only done a couple of times. I really like that conversation. And uh, something else I really like, checking out all the content over at thednvr.com. Whether it's Buffs coverage mm-hmm. that Henry absolutely crushes. We were talking about just how far in depth he's going this offseason. Great stuff to the Stanley Cup champion, Colorado Avalanche. The Avs guys have it down on their B. We've got it all over at thednvr.com from Rams as well. Of course, Broncos were less than a month away from training camp. No one covers camp like we do on thednvr.com. These podcast videos, we've got it all. And when you sign up for an annual membership, you get a free shirt. Henry's rocking one of them right now. It's your choice. That is a sick one. Also love the Kale or the Con Makar yes. trophy shirt. It is so cool. So you got to check us out over at the DNVR and check out the locker when you're there. Also, the calf slicer, the Peruvian necktie. Mm. There are tons of ways to come out on top in the octagon. I assume those are two of them. And for <laughs> UFC 276, there's one more. With DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports bank partner of UFC, new customers can bet $5 on any fighter to win. You'll get $100 in free bets whether they win or lose. Whether it's Adesanya with a knockout kick or a powerful punch from Kananye, uh, you Kananier? You know better than I I do. No, I do not. (laughs) Uh, You win no matter what, though. And with the the DraftKings Sportsbook same game parlays, you can turn another small bet into a big payday. Combine multiple bets like which fighter will win, uh, whether there's more or less knockouts on the night. Like there's so many different options. You put them all together, and you can win a lot more money, especially this time because you can place the same game parlay and win double the amount you're supposed to on UFC 276. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code DMVR. Bet $5 on any UFC 276 fighter to win, and you'll get $100 in free bets no matter what. That's code DMVR this Saturday at DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of UFC. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only, minimum $5 deposit. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. And also, speaking of DraftKings, Henry, let's dish out our DraftKings Sportsbook Pick of the Week. And I wanted to get this today because you're going to have to wait a while to cash out on this, but I love it. Come on. The Colorado Avalanche are going (laughs) back-to-back, Henry. Just like the Denver Broncos did in the late 90s, the Colorado Avs are going to do it. Now's the best time to get in on those odds. Plus 400. Number two is Tampa plus 800. The Avs are massive favorites, but you know what? I'm going to be kicking myself if I wait to place this bet until mm-hmm. the middle of the season. It's going to be like plus 150. Yep. Or once once playoffs comes around, it's going to be like plus 110. Yep. Once the finals comes around, it's going to be like minus one or, or minus 350 because the Avs are built not just for a championship run this past year. They're built for a couple of years moving totally. forward as well. So give me Avs plus 450. Or uh, plus 400 there to win go. the cup. I like it. 
Um, I actually so so I just got my Kale McCarr Norris money a couple days ago. Love and it. More recently, a Stanley Cup money. But back when I got that last round of money, I went through and made some NFL futures bets. Ooh, love it. Best one. Packers are minus one seventy five to win the NFC North, which isn't great juice, especially Nuts. for a future. But but who is going to beat the Packers? They win thirteen games every year. <sighs> that should be an automatic lock. Yeah, Henry. It really should. It's that's coming from a guy that does not like Aaron Rodgers. Oh, but you're right, Detroit. <laughs> yeah. No, absolutely not. The Bears. Unless Justin Fields turns into an MVP candidate this year, no. And then the Vikings. Mm-hmm. I really like Kevin o- Kevin O'Connell out there, but he's still dealing with Kirk Cousins. He's still dealing with yeah. a terrible defense. Good luck, Ed Donatel out there. Yeah, no, that's really good. Absolutely. And if you want a little more juice, I uh, I also parlayed it with uh, the uh, the Ohio State Buckeyes to win the Big Ten, which I think is oh there it is. It's minus two ten. Minus two. What what's Michigan? Do you have that? Ooh, I don't in front of me. But interesting. No love for the Harbaugh. No, I mean it's Ohio State. Like they're it, gonna be good. They have the quarterback back. Like. They'll be solid. That, Combine those two, and all point. of a sudden, it's like plus one fifty or so. Okay, I like it. That's I like a, that. I like that. I like bet. that a lot. It reminds me of the bet that I was so close to doing, taking the Warriors at the beginning of the playoffs oh. at plus six hundred, parlaying that with the Abs at I think plus three hundred, and then I also wanted to throw in plus two hundred on Alabama winning the national championship yep. this coming year. It, it, it's 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 good to do, but pack some favorites together and, and throw a parlay together. It is. My barber did that. He did Avs. He did Warriors. Yeah. I think it was uh, the Rams. The Rams was the other. Oh, brilliant! I think he had one where he got the wow. college in there too. But yeah, so wow. that's a uh, shout out to uh, Hank's barber, making you look, keeping you I looking know. fresh too. Yeah, yeah. It's been it's been a week or two. If I did my hair, it'd look a little better. But yeah, he's he's killing it. I uh I hit the barber up this morning. Oh, looks good. I like it. Yeah. Thank you. And Uh something else we like is our friends over at Ivaca TV, where they're giving you the chance to watch all of the Colorado sports that you can get for $25 a month. Henry, they're going to give you abs. They're going to give you nuggets. They're also going to give you Rockies. And boy, do we need some Rockies right now because we've got a month with no <laughs> other sports before training camp starts. And if you want to make sure to catch every single Rockies game, check out our friends over at Ivaca.tv slash DNVR where it's only $25 a month to watch all the Colorado sports teams. Plus, they have other channels as well, including mm-hmm. the DNVR channel, so you can watch us on your TV. And if you go to Ivaca.tv slash DNVR, they're going to give you $10 off your first three months. So it's only $15 a month plus the receiver fee. And then, boom, there you go. You get all the Colorado sports you need. Sign up for it now, and you'll have it come this fall when all the other sports take off as well. So check them out over at Ivaca.tv slash DNVR. All right, Henry, we talked about the outside linebackers. You mentioned another position as well, wide receiver. Let's talk about that as well mm-hmm. because it – stacks up differently but kind of in a similar way where when you look at receiver just like outside linebacker you have a couple of guys that are absolutely going to make the team it was Bradley Chubb Randy Gregory Nick Benito uh, and Baron Browning pretty much a lock as as well and with wide receiver we don't need to talk about Cortland Sutton not making the team Tim Patrick uh, and and Jerry Judy those guys are all making the Mm -hmm. team after that though if he's 
the Broncos, I guess I should say, the Broncos are not going to cut K.J. Hamler. No, um, absolutely But not. In, in terms of like being able to count on him, we've had this conversation. I'm not counting on him, but he's certainly staying uh, uh, on this team. Outside of that, though, it's pretty open. Yep, a- absolutely. And, and, I mean, that's a tough part. And that's why I actually have number one on my list as a receiver, just because I feel like he's so – there's no path for him to actually make the roster – and he actually has a solid history. And I think at some point in this preseason, somebody's going to say, you know what? We'll give up a seventh-round pick for Travis Fulgham. Oh, wow. Yeah. Number one on your list I think is Travis number one. Fulgham. Because what else is... I mean, you cannot get him on this team, I don't think. With those four there, with a, a need for a returner, unless you really think KJ can do it and you're willing to move on from Montreal, Washington, which I don't think is really that possible. No chance. If you're going to keep another player, you're really keeping Travis Fulgham. And so I think that he just lines up. We're talking about most likely to be traded by the Broncos. He's not going to be on the roster. I think he's too good to just be cut. And so while with Malik Reed, you're like, well, maybe the Broncos like him. Maybe they want the insurance. With Travis Fulgham, it's like this just seems like it lines up perfectly for him to be headed somewhere. Yeah, I, co- I completely agree. And also, he stood out this offseason in a way where I wouldn't be surprised if he had a really good preseason. And then yeah. gets the exact same hype that Trinity Benson got, where the, the Broncos are able to trade him for a late day three pick. I can absolutely see that. So you have those four guys we talked about. Mm-hmm. And KJ Hamler's going to be interesting. I don't think he ends up on the pup list, as Jose's saying in the, in the comment section, he mm-hmm. could. But if he does, then that frees up a spot to keep the true. Travis Fulgham. Uh, a Kendall Hinton yep. potentially I also think he's on the top of that list however I think the Broncos are going to do everything in their power to keep Kendall Hinton so they have hmm. those four guys that are a lock Montra Washington he's making this team Henry yeah but I think they're gonna use a special team spot for him so not even count him against okay. the receivers and then boom that's how you slot in Kendall Hinton as your fifth wide receiver you kind of have six with Montra Washington yep. And then you're right. Then, then I think it's endless. Then, then I think it's you You got a couple of guys that you can trade. And Travis Fulgham's right at the top of that list. But let's say a team comes calling for Kendall Hinton because he also has mm-hmm. a massive preseason and Russ really likes him. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't be surprised to see him do well in preseason. And they offer you a fourth for Kendall Hinton. I'm not even, I'm not even thinking about it. As in a clear yes to me. And my yeah. thing is like, it, I was very prepared to say, well, it depends. Like, are the are the receivers healthy? Like, is is there a path for him to play early in the year? Because whoever's banged up, then maybe you consider it. But for a fourth, no, you just pull the trigger. Honestly, if they offer me a seventh and everybody's healthy, you need picks. You don't need somebody who's going to ride the bench. Man, needing picks is a crucial part of this conversation yeah. because the Broncos are in win now mode. They're not in sell off mode. But this is a little different when you're it talking is. now because it, this is you're either going to cut a guy or you're going to trade them for something. Mm-hmm. But then the Broncos right now have four picks next year, four or five picks going into next year's draft. We know George Payton loves picks, yep. needs picks. So this is exactly what you do. And that's why uh, we've only mentioned a couple of guys right now, but the Broncos could look to do this with many guys as well. And actually, someone pointed out in the comments section earlier, the Broncos also did this with Kerry Vincent Jr., they shipped him mm-hmm. off to the Eagles last year and were able to get one round higher back than they drafted him Just for. Wild. It, it, it is wild. So maybe we see that with some of the rookies as well this year who aren't having an impact on the team at all. And George yeah. says, 
well, I'd rather have a sixth next year than a seventh round pick on my team. Yep. And I mean, the other thing for Kendall Hinton in my mind is nothing's changing next year. You know, you still have those that same big four under contract right. for the 2023 season. So if you're looking at them like, ah, yeah, one more year, and then you get them in there, and holding down that roster spot for two more years versus seventh round pick, yeah. I mean, that's true of all these guys. Like, it could be a rookie. If somebody wants to give you something crazy for Montreal, Washington, you do it. Because as much as you want a fun returner, you can get by with just a pretty average returner back there, especially when you have a good offense. Another thing about trading KJ is and it's, it's selling low, right? And you just brought in Russell exactly. freaking Wilson. And that's a, it's a bad time to be getting rid of a receiver, I think. It, it 100%. Um, you're not going to sell low on guys because you're not mm-hmm. desperate, Henry. The, exactly. the, the Broncos don't have to have KJ or a third, a future third-round pick, which you couldn't even get a future third uh, with, with KJ's health right Probably now. Not. But you would way rather have the potential of just a burner of an yep. absolute weapon that can't be stopped than a day three pick for KJ. Absolutely. And, 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 and that's kind of the same with, with a Bradley Chubb. You yep. could maybe get a second-round pick for him, but right now you'd rather have on this win-now team a guy that is kind of looking like uh, his first-round potential right now in camp. So you're not going to get rid of him. Randy Gregory, obviously, you're not getting rid of him. So that's <laughs> why we're kind of looking at these back-of-the-roster guys. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll hit a couple more. Yeah, uh, yeah. Let, let's go down your list. So we know one. Yep. We know number two. Number three, I have Isang Bassi. Ah. I think like, it's another one of those where he's like, yep. what what position does he play? He's yep. a slot corner behind K1 Williams. You brought in Dabari Mathis, who I think can do a lot of those same things. Um, do we know for sure whether he's playing more safety or slot? He he's playing corner. Okay. Yep. So so yeah, there you go. I mean, that's your number three at slot corner. As long as Damari Mathis is solid, as long as you're healthy there, there probably isn't a path for Bassey. And I know Bassey has like a lot of fans, yep. but you also have to remember that's a guy that they cut last year and got picked up. And so it's one of those it's similar to Fulgham in that he seems like somebody would want him. And he just doesn't seem like he has a path. And for that reason, there's a good chance they're going to get seventh for him. And then Michael O.J. Mudia, he's exactly. also standing out at camp right now. So mm-hmm. you look and you're like, well, how many corners are the Broncos going to keep? And typically a spot where you take away from corner, or if, if you want to keep more corners, a spot you take away is safety. Mm-hmm. Well, the Broncos have more safeties than they know what to do with as well. I mean, you yeah. got Kareem. You got Justin. You have, uh, of course, Caden Stearns, who we haven't seen a lot from this offseason because he's been hurt, but he was one of the most efficient players in the entire NFL last year. His stats were remarkable with what he was able to do mm-hmm. in such a limited place. So you, you, you love him. Uh, you, you also have Jamar Johnson yep. as a draft pick from last year. Uh, and then you have P.J. Locke, who might be the most impressive safety. No, who is the most impressive safety this offseason outside of the starters. And mm. then they also um, signed J.R. Reed this offseason yep. as a special teams guy, safety backup. So you're talking about, you're talking five or six deep at safety as well. So you can't keep mm-hmm. five or six at corner and safety and outside yep. linebacker. You're going to have no inside linebackers. Exactly. And that's why, especially with Caden Stearns, and his versatility, the fact that you want to get him on the field with Kareem, with Justin Simmons. So it's not even feeling like it's a, oh, no, we have to move him to slot corner. Right. It's like, a, yeah, it's, that'd actually be kind of cool because then we get these guys on the field. You don't need a third slot corner. you know. And, and that's just how right. it all plays out. And speaking of those safeties, P.J. Locke is sixth on my list. 
just because what is exactly and figuring out the order for those guys is tough. But he's number six. J.R. Reed at number ten, and that tough one is like, is he trade worthy? Right. right. Um, number eleven, Jamar Johnson, because yep. we've seen that they can trade him early, and there just aren't a lot of roster spots. But that's another spot where you probably see somebody get moved, and if not, somebody's going to get cut. When you're going to say, ah, oh, that's that's too bad. Yep, and it's about striking while the iron's hot on these guys. Broncos mm-hmm. did such a good job with Trinity Benson last year mm-hmm. because if George Payton would have said, I'm going to pass because I'm going to hold him just for depth purposes, yep. right now you're getting nothing from Trinity Benson. Teams are waiting for you to cut him in order to pick him up. Yep. So and that's what's going to be so key for all of this. I mean, Henry, how, how deep did your list go? You said 18? I just went through the roster and wrote everybody down who I thought was a trade target. So you've got potentially up to 20 guys. Yeah. Now, the Broncos aren't going to trade 20 guys. They're not going to trade 10 guys. Mm-hmm. But if five guys exactly. at the back end of the roster really stick out, but there's just no room for them, you get, you get between sixth and seventh rounders, you get... Three to five picks. George Payton's going to be thrilled. Yeah. Then he's up to right around seven, eight picks, really close to his ten because right yep. now he's probably freaking out having uh, five picks going into exactly. Next year. And I think five, moving five guys during this training camp or at the cut deadline, that'd be a big win, right? Like oh, if you yeah. see five, that's a big win. Three is probably where you're like, yep, that was that was good work. That's that's kind of the the expectation run is where I'm at. I think. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree, and there's no one better at back end of the roster stuff than George Payton, yep. and he knows everyone in the league, so he's going to have uh, everyone on the phone to try to make yep. these deals happen instead of cutting someone, and uh, Jose brought up McTelvin Ajim, and, and if yeah. someone else brought it up in the comment section earlier, I apologize for not giving you credit. Oh, it looks like Jules brought up Ajim as well, and the, uh, what Jose said was totally forgot about Ajim. That could be a good People one. People do that. Yeah, it, that's it, number 12. It, it really could be a good one. He he could be a prime candidate. Man, I would feel like you're moving on from him just a little too early. Yep. But maybe that's just me being a sucker for him being a five-star recruit coming out of high school and so mm-hmm. much talent and potential. It just never fully came together at Arkansas, and that's mm-hmm. why the Broncos were able to get him uh, with a third-round pick. Uh, so you would have to be given – a third round pick back. You'd have to be yep. really enticed in order to move on from him. I think if you were to trade him now, you'd be trading him for a day three pick. Yep. And I'd rather have him on this team this year as as good potential backup depth than just getting rid of him. Yeah, and, and Ajim's been disappointing because you want to see something from him, but you did draft him as a project. Mm-hmm. You're two years into him being a project and haven't seen anything. Yep. But it would feel like this is kind of the beginning of when you are open to moving him. Right. The other piece to me, though, is that it's not like they're overflowing with defensive line talent. You know, you yeah. have the, the Joneses, you have Purcell there, you have Deshaun Williams, who's been solid, then you have the, the two rookies. So yeah. there's there's six plus a gene, and you're probably looking at that six, seven number. And so I don't know that he's necessarily on the block. And if you were trying to move somebody, like maybe a Deshaun Williams, who's been a really solid lineman right. for you, is a little bit better candidate than the younger guy, especially because Deshaun Williams, his deal expires after this year. And, and for him to be moved, like you'd have to have great camps probably from Uzurike. I think impressive, I just nailed that. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and Hennings in too. Um, I think both of them would have to, to push it out. Um, I, th- I think you're right. And uh, with Henningsen, uh, he could be a guy 
that you try to cut and pick up on the practice it squad. Could be. And, and, and someone did ask about the practice squad uh, in, in the comments section. But first, I've got to tell you about our friends over at Green Mountain Dental. And when I, when I say friends, I mean family because they've been with us for so many years. And they're part of the DNVR fam. We're part of their fam over in Green Mountain Dental. They're only a 15-minute drive away from downtown. So make sure to check them out because when you schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam, you get a free Sonicare toothbrush. Look, you're going to go to the dentist anyways. Anyways, Might as well go to a place that's going to give you a free Sonicare toothbrush, which will help you take care of your teeth on, you know, the six months that you're not visiting the dentist. So check them out over at Green Mountain Dental and schedule that cleaning x-ray and exam to get a free Sonicare toothbrush. Also, we just teamed up with FOCO. Um, we are your home for Denver sports coverage. And we want to give you a new home for Denver sports merchandise and collectibles because that's what FOCO produces. Um, they've got a new rele- new re- newly released... Easy for you to say. It's so easy. <laughs> the Joe Sackick Stanley Cup bobblehead. Um, they've got a bunch of different officially licensed Avalanche gear. They've got like slippers. They've got all sorts of different stuff. So you should go check that out um, at, uh, at FOCO... Uh, .com, I believe. Yep, yep. Foco.com. We've also got the link in the YouTube section. There we go. Yep. That's where you go. Um, and right now, you can get 10% off at Foco if you use the promo code DNVR. Um, now that the Azza list lifted the cup, it's time to get in on some of these collectibles, yep. the, the, especially the new bobbleheads. Absolutely, yeah. They're going to have so many cool things over there. And the Joe Sackett bobblehead mm-hmm. is is really cool. But I mentioned that we had a super chat asking, or, or, or a comment in the comment section, asking about uh, uh, practice squads and what they're looking like post-COVID. And they're still going to be big, mm-hmm. uh, which is smart. The, the NFL yeah. has expanded those, uh, I think, for the long haul, which is really mm-hmm. good. Uh, and, however, an important thing to keep in mind, and the comment came in from Jules. We appreciate you, Jules. Uh, but an important thing to keep in mind about the practice squad, you can't just put guys on the practice squad. Henry, you have to cut them and expose them to be signed by other teams in order to then land them on the practice squad. And then once they're on the practice squad, teams can poach them for their hmm. for their 53-man roster at any point. So the practice squad is still very much a gamble if you're going to go that route. But it, it, it is useful for the seventh-round rookies that probably aren't going to have a lot of interest in other teams. Yep, exactly. Um, you know, you, you look at, like, the guys higher on the list, right? Like an Essang Bassey, mm-hmm. there's a chance. There's a chance. Yep. It, it's probably 50-50. You get him on your practice squad or he winds up somewhere else. Kendall Hinton, you're probably not getting through. Um, P.J. Locke, you're probably not getting through. Um, and so those are the guys that you try to trade. But the cutoff is around that, like, Seth Williams type area where he's probably the kind of guy who could stick around. Yeah. Um, and then also down to, you know, like Quinn Bailey. Those, those are the types of guys who wind up on practice squads. Yeah, exactly. Unless you're willing to take some risks. Yep. It, it, exactly. 100%. And the Broncos, heck, they may have to take some risks where some guys are good enough where they think they can mm-hmm. trade them, but no team wants to trade for them. You're just going to have to take a gamble there. Uh, but if you're counting on those guys to be part of your team and you're so bummed that they got poached mm-hmm. by someone when you cut them, you're probably not a good team anyways. And yep. <laughs> that that was kind of some worries the Broncos had over this past yep. half decade. If you're worried about that stuff, 
you're, you're not very good. Exactly. Uh, and, the, and the Broncos aren't going to be worried about those, those things as well. All right, Henry, let's jump into the comment section and talk to the people. I believe we only had one comment on the website, so let's get to that right away. First one coming in from Mile High Buckeye says, just doing a wellness check to see if my guy RK is alive after that abs win. <laughs> he wasn't on the show yesterday, so I'm assuming he was in recovery mode, doubling down on that sweet athletic greens. Legit teared up a bit when my guy Jack Johnson and Ryan Murphy got to lift the cup. Maybe one day in my lifetime the Jackets can hoist it. I, I can dream. I keep doing price checks on the game in Seattle, and it looks like prices are going down. Mm. Doesn't sound like the wife is wanting to go, so it will probably be a solo trip. Any Broncos fans planning to be in Seattle for it? Hit me up. Much love, fellas, and keep rocking, Alex. Alex, we love you, and anyone going to Seattle, make sure to hit Alex up. And th this is something that doesn't surprise me with those tickets in Seattle going down, Henry, because right now you should just put – if you're going to sell your tickets – Put them for a crazy price yep. and see if anyone bites. Exactly. You still have months to sell them. So I would expect those tickets to keep going down. Exactly. Nobody knows what the market's going to be, so you just make sure you don't miss on the low side. Exactly. I've, I've got one more thing to run by you yeah. in terms of trades. Yeah. Calvin Anderson. Ooh, I like this. And this is where, yeah, I like this a lot. This is something where the Broncos could get real value. And real value, I'm yeah. talking <sighs> a fifth. Yeah, a, yeah. A, a fifth round pick for for him potentially. Now, why are you trading him? Obviously, it's because he's not a starter. Yep. But then, did you see something really good from Tom Compton that makes you confident in mm -hmm. him being a swing tackle? Ben Braden. Yeah, you got I, two of them. It, you have to see something from one of those guys to say I feel really comfortable about this depth because on the offensive line, and actually, Henry, this is a great point. I'm going to play off this in a minute as well. Um, the Broncos have a lot of depth, but they don't really know who their starters are right now. Exactly. So once you figure out your starters, then you have to find out who's the backup. Who are exactly. we going to cut? Who are we going to trade? So I really like Calvin Anderson there. Yeah, it is tough because like I see Graham Glass got thrown out in the comments. Yeah. Like, Yeah, it makes a lot of sense, except that you have to eat the $9 million cap hit, and that's a, that's a tough pill to swallow. That's a big penalty. Um, and so maybe you're willing to do it anyway because you'd rather just throw nineteen million or nine million dollars instead of fourteen million dollars next year. Right. You know, those are your two options. So it's basically what you, you can have him for five million or not have him right. and bring in a pick or something. And if you make that trade, that part of it's probably factored in, right? Like if if somebody's willing to give up a six for Graham, then with that contract, maybe that's a fourth. Maybe it's a fourth and you throw in a seventh, you know? So right. you do have that. But it is tough to find who to trade on the offensive line you know reisner's a name that gets thrown around yeah but he might be a good lineman and you don't have many of those and let's just look at that guard position henry because yeah. there's three guys in the off season not even including graham glasgow that were competing for left and right guard mm -hmm. it was quinn minors natani muti and dalton reisner and they were circling in and out i do not mm -hmm. think the broncos have have solidified either one of those positions and in my head i'm like Quinn Miners has to start. I think yeah. he's still going to end up being the starter. But what if Dalton Reisner looks like he did his rookie season mm -hmm. back in this system that he played in his rookie season? He looks really good, like mm -hmm. uh, on his way to a Pro Bowl season. Well, he's going to play. And Natani Muti, he was almost uh, a first-round talent, first or second-round talent coming yeah. out of the draft. Why he fell so far in the draft was because of just terrible injuries. Exactly. You know what? He stayed healthy these past two years. He's proven that he can be healthy so what if he turns out to be that first mm -hmm. to second round talent? 
Well, then you're saying, who the heck isn't playing on this offensive mm-hmm. line? And you take a step back, and not the draft, the draft uh, where you were drafted should matter, but Quinn Minerts was drafted the, the, the furthest of any of yeah. those three guys. So you look around and you say, okay, what do we do? Because those three guys probably all more valuable to trade than Graham Glasgow. Graham coming off uh, just a, a brutal injury, which it's so mm-hmm. cool to see him back. But teams probably aren't going to give you much. So maybe he is someone that you get a seventh mm-hmm. for. Uh, but you're right, the contract is there. But what if one of these other guys, what if you decide, okay, we got our two starters mm-hmm. in uh, Natani Muti and Quinn Minerts. Do we try to trade Dalton Reisner for a fourth right now and then have Graham Glasgow as our backup? That's just such a big risk. And, and again, he's gone after the year. Potentially, his contract is up. Maybe you resign him. But when you're moving him, you're you're betting on all these guys panning out. You're betting on health. And the other part, when you're talking about moving like a, a Natani Moody, for example, I mean, the the linemen you have under contract for next year: Garrett Bowles, Graham Glasgow, Lloyd Cushenberry, Quinn Miners, Natani Moody. And so when you have Moody under control for that year yeah. and he's another one where you know he's a project you know that he came in young he, he was a project mostly because he had the injuries and, and didn't play as much as you'd like and so it's like mctelvin ajim in that you just want to give him a little bit right. more time to make sure you're maximizing it and so i really I, I think that you probably just roll into the season with some depth you know and that's why calvin anderson was the guy who made my list because you have bowls you have billy turner you have Tom Compton and Ben Braden, if you're bringing those guys in and you're Hackett and Justin Outen and, like, how do you... It, it, there's probably a reason they brought those guys with, right? Yep, I don't think 100%. It, you look at them and say, yeah, probably probably not making the roster. Yeah, I, th- I think you're spot on with that. These are now Nathaniel Hackett's guys, and yeah. Calvin Anderson doesn't fall into that. Now he can become a Nathaniel Hackett guy, but as of now, those those two guys already have his stamp of approval way so, especially mm-hmm. with Billy Turner. He really has Nathaniel Hackett's stamp of approval. And so how you would keep all four of those guards is you just convince yourself that, okay, you're going to need a backup center, and it's not going to be who you drafted this year. Instead, it's going to be Graham Glasgow. Instead, it's going to be Dalton Rides. It's going to be one of those guards. And then you convince yourself, okay, we're keeping two centers, three guards. Now we're okay. We we, we can breathe with that. And then we'll keep three tackles as well. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And uh, any super chats coming in, Kale? All right. I think that's going to do it for us. Anyone Anyone else you want to touch on, Henry? Um, tight ends are interesting. Might as well. Oh, I mean, uh, tight ends are interesting. And the path is probably Dolcich looks really good, and Albert O looks really good. And so you say, well, are we getting Sauerbert and Tomlinson on the field? Are we keeping all those guys? And and I think there's a decent chance the answer is yes. But you could see him try to move like a Tomlinson if if they say we we do we really ever want him on the field instead of those two. And when we do want him on the field, is an obvious run situation where you just bring in a sixth offensive lineman. Man, that's a good point. I'd make the case for that being Salbert just because he yeah. uh, he does both things, but he doesn't do either of those fantastic. Yep. Where Tomlinson is an absolute beast in the run game. Yep. Can't do anything in the pass game. And in the pass game, Albert O, fantastic in the pass game. Not good yet, at least in the running game. And then Greg Dolces is your kind of all-around guy. So I think it would be those three, and you'd be trying to yeah. trade Salbert. And I just... Salbert was on the market for months mm-hmm. uh, and didn't get any offers worth signing somewhere else. So I'm not sure you can get value there. Initially, I really thought Alberto was going to be on on the block and the Broncos were going to try to trade him. But what I've seen this offseason, man, they're using him right, Henry. They're using him uh, as a wide that. receiver. 
and you don't trade that unless you're blown away. Yeah. Unless you're selling high, some team says, look, we're going to use him as a number one tight end. We're going to use him as like our number yep. two receiver. We, we'll give you a, a third, a second for mm -hmm. him. I don't think that's going to happen because I don't think Alberto is going to be able to show enough this offseason. But that's some guy that I think he's more valuable to you right now yep. than, than what another team's going to trade you. Yep. And, I mean, there was that, like, there was that fantasy hype over the offseason for, like, a minute there in, like, maybe March. We're seeing like, Pro Football Focus put out their list, and he's the number seven dynasty tight end Ooh. that you should draft. You're like, okay, maybe maybe there's that much outside hype right. where there is a team that, that is kind of buying into it and saying, we think that this is going to be a real number one. But I think at this point, it'd be a big risk to move on from him. Like, yeah. you're saying, okay, Dulcich is our number one tight end, and without him, we're throwing Saubert and Tomlinson on the field. Yeah, and man, that would be a risk that you'd be going yeah. at. You, you would have to get great value for, for Alberto in yeah. order to do that. And just the potential of what you could have with Dulcich and Alberto on the field, the mismatches you can have, I don't think Nathaniel Hackett's going to want to trade that away unless he's blown away. Especially if they learn to block. Yeah, exactly. Well, that be and become nice? an all-around <laughs> tight end. Oh, baby, that would be good. Yep. And, Hank, this has been a fantastic pod. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you all so much for joining us. Hit us with a like on your way out. We'd really appreciate it. And thank you guys so much for joining us at the end of June. Uh, we love doing these pods for you, and we really appreciate that you guys roll with us. So we will talk to you tomorrow on the DNVR Broncos podcast. Roll out the truck and took a country drive Now understand that you need some time I know some landmarks we used to hit We're flying cotton I'll take you back one last